0: So this morning, I want to talk to you about Jesus and the questions about who Jesus is. What is Jesus? Who is Jesus? When was Jesus? These questions that we have about Jesus. And it starts off in the book of John. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we're going to look at the first three verses here. It says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. These three verses, these three verses are going to answer three questions about Jesus. Now, listen. There is a reason why John starts off with the story of creation when he begins to talk about Jesus. It's not just me who always likes to talk about the creation story. The creation story, I'm, I'm serious, the creation story is more important to the Bible than most people are willing to understand. And the reason why we don't talk about the creation story as much is because we try to overlay it with our modern understanding and all of a sudden things just don't work out too good and so we just kind of ignore it. But the creation story is so important that the Bible starts off with the creation story and a garden, and it ends with a new creation and a new garden. It is that important. Because the whole story of the Bible is about getting us back to that place where God designed for us to live and designed for us to be. That's the purpose of the Scriptures, is to tell us the story of why, of what happened, why God, <clears throat> what happened who god was going to send to save us and how that will be restored once again but the reason why john starts off with the creation story is because he understands there is a connection between the son of god and the creator and that connection is closer and overlaps each other and that's why he said in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god right up front john tells us who jesus is he tells us that jesus is god but then he also says he was there with god in the beginning so now we have the father and the son there in the beginning and verse three through him all things were made without him nothing that has been made was made so john tells us up right up front That Jesus is the creator he's the one who spoke creation into being so the first question John is going to answer is this who is Jesus who is Jesus according to John it was Jesus that was speaking in the beginning it was Jesus and that's why John opens up with in the beginning because it brings us back to the creation story and so John describes the Son of God as the word a scholar named Morris, who wrote in the New International Commentary of the New Testament, said that creation was brought through the agency of the Lagos, the very word of God. And the word was in the beginning, which means that Jesus was before all else. The scholars tell us that it was through Jesus, the Lagos, the word, creation came about. That he was there before all else. Who is Jesus? Jesus. He's the Word, speaking nothing into something. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, it says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my Word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I am wanting you to understand that the word, Jesus, is the word that comes from the Father's mouth. He is the one who speaks on behalf of the Father. And so when we quote this verse that His word will not return void, His word will not return empty, we are, you must understand that it is Jesus who is speaking. God will not give up His Word and the power of His Word, and His Word will not fail. It will accomplish what the Father desires. Jesus told us this in John 12, For I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken, and I know that His command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say, I just Say what the Father has told me to say. It is the Word that speaks. It is Jesus, the Lagos, the one who spoke creation into being is the one who speaks. And His Word will not return void. That it will accomplish what it is set out to do. Jesus is the one who speaks. Who is Jesus? He's the one who spoke at the beginning of creation and made everything by His spoken Word. He's the one who speaks his promises in Scripture. And today, that word lives in us. Jesus told us this in John 14. He says, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Do you understand that it is Jesus, the word, who speaks all things into being? He lives in us. He is not just some character that you see. He is not just some some actor that you see on TV. It is Jesus, the one who spoke creation into being, that lives in us. Do you understand why Paul tells us that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because the one who can do all things lives in us. It is his word that lives in us. Jesus, God, his word does not go out and return empty. It will accomplish whatever it speaks. In Revelation 19 Says this, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called faithful and true, and with justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on a head are many crowns, and he has his name written on him that no one knows but him, he himself. And he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of. God, It is Jesus who is the mighty king. It is Jesus, the word who spoke everything into existence. And it is Jesus who lives in you. Who is Jesus? He is the word. And he is in you. He is with you. This is why you must believe who he is. He's the word. What impossibility can he solve? What, cannot he, what can he change? I was talking to a friend whose family is suffering. He's in the ministry and his his family is just going through hardship. And I just told him, I said, listen, man, Jesus, and he knows this, but I said, Jesus solves everything. He solves everything. It may look impossible, it may look difficult, but Jesus is the word. And when he said, let there be light, the Bible says, and it was so. Let there be light, and it was so. Everything has to respond to God's word. And Jesus is the one who lives in us. The first question is, who is Jesus? He's the word. The second question that John answers is, when did Jesus exist? John 1 2 tells us he was with God in the beginning. The Bible tells us that he is eternal. Before the creation of everything that we see today, Jesus existed. In John 8, Jesus is talking to some people and he says this. Jesus said, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though they do not know him, I know him. And if I said that, if I did not say that, I would be a liar. I would be a liar to you, like you. But know that but I do know him and obey his word. For your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day when he saw it and he was glad. And the people responded and said, you are not only 50 years old and you say you've seen Abraham and this is what Jesus said, very truly I tell you. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. In the word biblical commentary it says this before abraham came into existence i am expresses the contrast between the existence initiated by birth and an absolute existence the scholars are telling us this that there's a difference between jesus saying i am and jesus saying i was jesus didn't tell them before abraham was born i was Jesus said before Abraham was born, I am. There's a difference between being born and always existing. And Jesus is the one who always existed. Jesus just didn't just live long and, and live, you know, thousands of years so that he could see Abraham and walk this earth. No, Jesus existed before Abraham was even born. Jesus said, I am. It is the eternal nature of God, of Jesus, who has always been. And that's why Hebrews tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is absolutely nothing that has changed about our Lord and Savior from the moment we ever discovered him in Scripture. He is the same. Even before Abraham and before Noah and before Adam, Jesus always existed. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us this in John 17 when he's praying to the Father. He says this, Father, I want those whom you've given me to be where I am, to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Jesus is telling the Father, listen, I want them to see who I really am. I want them to see who I really am in the nature of who I am, and that is God. I want want them to see that. Because before the creation of the world, I already had that. But Jesus came, and he was born into this, took on a role of servant, and died for us. And now he is there in heaven waiting for us to return. And one day we will see him in the glory before the creation of the world. He is Jesus, the one who makes all things possible. Jesus tells us this in Revelation 3. He says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write, them, I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of, of my God and the new Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. There is something awesome about knowing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And before the creation of the world, he had a name. But now we call him Jesus, the name that is above all names. And one day, he is going to write down his name on us. And he's going to write down the name of God on us. It'll probably have some Spanish dialect. I'm sorry. It's just probably going to have... Some Spanish dialect, but the name of God, Jesus always existed. He is eternal. John 17:4 says this, "I brought you the glory of the earth by finishing your work that you gave me, and now, Father, glorify me in the presence with the glory I had before the world began. There is something awesome about Jesus. Listen. As much as we can understand Jesus, as much as we can recognize how awesome and how powerful and how, how mighty he is, it is nothing in comparison to who he was even before this world began. Do you think we're going to go to heaven and be disappointed? Do you think we're going to go to heaven and look at Jesus and say, Oh yeah, I've seen you on the chosen before. I know all about you. No, we are going to go to heaven and we are going to be awe struck of the one who was before the world began. Jesus existed before the world. Nothing changes. His ability is the same when he spoke the heavens and the earth into being. His nature is the same when he loved and healed and did miracles and spoke life into people while walking this earth. And his power is the same from the very moment the world came into existence to this very day. Jesus is the same from the very beginning. Who is Jesus? He is the Word. When did Jesus exist? For all eternity and the third question John answers is this what can Jesus do the answer is anything Jesus who speaks the words that make all things possible verse 3 says John 1 3 through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made Colossians 1:16 tells us for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. There was one moment, I've shared this story before, years ago. There was one moment when I was waiting for my boys to finish up football practice and I'm in the parking lot and and the Lord asked me, says, Pete, would you just look at the tops of the trees? And I reminded God that he made me Mexican and there's a certain genetic height that I have and and it's not possible for me to look at the tops of the trees. He asked me to look at the tops of the trees. He asked me to do something that I couldn't do. And I said, God, I, I said, I can't look at the tops of the trees. He told me this. He says, the very details on the top of a tree that you will never see, I took care of don't you think that I won't take care of the details in your life? I see everything. What can Jesus do? Everything. Anything. Even when we can't see the tops of the trees. Even when we can't see what tomorrow brings. Even as I sat there this last week with a deadline, that very day, God shows up and does things that I just could not believe. Why? Because he sees everything, and he can do anything. He created everything. The things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, he created them. He spoke it into existence. And you better believe that when Jesus speaks to you, it will happen. The word of God will not fail. It will not come up empty. It will not come back void. And the very purpose that it has will be fulfilled. When God promised Elizabeth a son, he sent an angel to go tell Zechariah how it was going to be. Now this angel is going to speak on behalf of God, the angel Gabriel, and he's going to speak. And this is John the Baptist's mom and dad. And Elizabeth was going to have a son. The angel was told to go and tell the husband Zechariah. At times, God uses angels to, to to tell his word and to convey his word to people. The Revelations 1.1 says, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. So John is telling us that this is the revelation that came from Jesus to let everyone know what's going to happen. And how did he make it happen? He says this, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. So there are times when God will send an angel and the angel will speak on behalf of God as if God himself was speaking. And this is the context of of the way Gabriel is speaking. Gabriel is not saying that these are his words. Gabriel is saying that these are God's words. So God sent the angel Gabriel to Zechariah. Zechariah didn't believe it. Zechariah doubted the angel's words. But more importantly, Zechariah doubted the words that came from God. In Luke 1:19 it tells us a story. And the angel said to Zechariah, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time." This is what Gabriel is telling Zechariah. Gabriel says this, I am Gabriel. He wants Zachariah to understand something. I'm not just a messenger. I am an angel that God has sent from his presence to come and tell you the good news. I'm not just some unknown angel. I have a title. I have a name. My name is Gabriel, and I have come here to tell you the good news. And he says this, I stand in the presence of God. Do you know what Gabriel was telling Zachariah? I stand in the presence of God, that I am an eyewitness to the very things that God speaks. We know this, that the angels were there when Jesus spoke this world into being. Job 38 tells us this, God said to Job, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know who stretched out the measuring line across it. On what were its footings? set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy who are the morning stars hooks said a commentator um, who wrote in the college press international commentary said this the reference to the celebration of the angels or the morning stars here as a poetic parallelism suggests that they are figurative to refer to the sons of god that is, the angels, at the laying of the earth's cornerstone alludes to the common ancient practice of formal ceremonies accompanying the construction of a great edifices. This text clearly suggests that the angels, unlike Job, were actually present at creation. So what the commentator is saying is this, that the morning stars and the angels, the sons of God, is what we call a parallelism parallelism reference that he's saying the same thing twice. He's saying once morning stars and once the angels of God, the angels or the sons of God. And the reason this is common is because this is what the book, uh, this is what we call Hebrew poetry does. It is a parallel reference that you say something and then you redefine it by something else. And we know that the morning stars are are not just normal lights that are in the firmament, but they are stars because or angels because stars do not sing. Stars do not sing. And here the Bible tells us that the morning stars sang. They produced a volume of noise in a melody-based song. Angels were singing. Angels were shouting for joy. When? When God set the creation, the world on. The foundation. That's when they sang. Now, here's why I'm telling you this because Gabriel says, I stand in the presence of God and I have witnessed when Jesus spoke at the very beginning. I've seen everything that God has spoken, and everything that He has spoken has come true. And He is telling Zechariah, If you would just believe what God told you, it will come true in its appointed time. Why? because jesus never fails what can jesus do anything and gabriel is saying listen i witnessed it why don't you just believe and it did come true god's word will not come back void. god's word will never fail you three questions are answered by this opening chapter of john In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. And through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing has been made. We learn who Jesus is, that He is God, the eternal God. We learn that Jesus existed eternally, and we learn that Jesus can do anything. So this morning, it all comes down to one thing Can you trust the Word of God? Can you trust the one who speaks? Because no matter how difficult the moments you face, it is his word that holds everything together. Colossians 1.17 says this, He is before all things, and in Jesus, all things hold together. Jesus existed before the world was even made And it is by his word that all things hold together. This morning, my heart is this. My heart is that I don't want to believe in Jesus the way everyone else believes in Jesus. I don't want to have faith in God the way everyone else has faith in God. Because, see, I want to be a someone, I want to be a person that believes that Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the one who raised the dead. Jesus is the one who healed the sick. Jesus is the one who restored sight to the blind. Jesus is the one who made the deaf hear. Jesus is the one who needed supplies and sent Peter fishing. Jesus can do anything. And that's just Jesus while here on earth. And it's the same Jesus who spoke all things into existence. And if he has the ability to speak life, and plants, and vegetation, and oceans, and land into existence, how much more can he speak into your situation and make it new? You must trust Jesus. Have faith in God. Don't limit your faith because of your experience, or your emotions, or your history, or your failures. Don't limit God because of what this world tells you but believe and trust in the one who can walk on water. Believe in the one who died and rose again. Believe in the one who speaks. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to show us who you are. That you are God who speaks things into existence. That you are God who is eternal and existed before our creation, before our world. And you are God who can do anything. Father, I pray that we would put our trust in you. I pray that we would put our trust in you as people who believe who you are. To believe in your nature. To believe in your character. To believe in your ability even though we live in this world and we see with our eyes and we feel with our feelings and we, we, we sometimes doubt and we worry and we're, we're sometimes afraid. Help us to be people who trust you through those things. Lord, just like the man who said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Lord, help us to believe in you, to believe you are still the one who is able to speak into our life and it will come to pass. I pray this, Lord, for your people. That this week, Lord, we would just take time to seek you. We would take time to just seek you and to just find you. And Lord, whatever needs we have, I pray this, Jesus, that you would speak into their situation. And Lord, help us to hear your word. And when we hear what you say, give us the faith to believe it and to trust you. Because I know this, Jesus. There's not one word you spoke that has failed. There's not one word that you spoke that has come back empty or void. It will accomplish in its time. It will accomplish what you desire. So Jesus, we believe in you. We believe that you are who you are. You've always existed, and we believe that there is nothing impossible for you. Help us to be people of faith. We love you, we thank you. And all God's people said,